0: Welcome to Mamas on a Mission. If you're a Melbourne mum, you've landed in the right place. Hey, I'm Holly, the host of this podcast, Chief Mummer of Motherhood Melbourne and co-founder of Facing Motherhood. Each week, you'll hear from inspiring local mamas that are on a mission to help you get through the toughest hood of all, motherhood. Season three is kindly supported by my podcast partner, Bliss Early Learning, an Australian owned premium provider in the childcare and preschool space. Okay, let's kick things off. The motherhood gig is hard and every day there's new products and services launched that make our life that little bit easier. And the best ones are usually designed by parents. And I'm happy to say lots of them are by Clever Melbourne Mums. Have you ever come across something and thought, I wish someone would invent X, Y, Z. That would make my life so much easier. Well, no more waiting for someone else to do it. You can create it. And I've got a Melbourne mum joining the podcast today who is proof of this. Jessica Haley accidentally slid into my DMs a few years ago and it was an Instagram meant to be moment. She was busy working on something that was a huge pain point for me as a mum. I have a slim kid. He gets it from his daddy and it was impossible to find pants to fit his teeny tiny waist. Do you have that problem too? Or the waist fits, but the length is embarrassingly short. And sure, there's those pants with the side buttons to bring them in, but they're hard to find and they're actually really annoying. Jessica shared this same frustration with her two sons. Instead of waiting around for someone else to solve this problem, Jess decided she was going to roll up her sleeves and have a go at changing kids' fashion by bringing waistlines in without compromising on length. With absolutely no background in design, manufacturing, or business, she launched her unique Australian made kids' fashion label, Frankie and Roy. In this episode, Jess walks us through the process from idea to manufacturing to launching her label. She shares the challenges and lessons. Jess's clothing is 100% Australian made. In fact, it's actually made in Melbourne. Woohoo! And she talks about why this is important to her and what this means for us as fashion consumers. We also chat about the moment where Jess went from a secure job, having her third son, and then leaping into her biz full-time. And lastly, we chat about life as a mama of three boys. You'll see their gorgeous faces frequently featured in the Frankie and Roy campaigns. Now, if you're tuning into this ep, I'd love to know. Share it in your Insta stories with a screenshot. Tag motherhood Melbourne and Frankie underscore and underscore Roy. You'll find these account names and links in the show notes. Let us know what you got out of this episode and if you're already a Frankie and Roy fan like myself or leave a review on the podcast at OK. Now Jess starts with telling us about what she was up to before Frankie and Roy. Let's meet Jessica.
1: My background is retail. I started out as a, was it 14 and nine months uh, working at Target or Target and was at Target until I was 20. 2019 something like that and I went to a spree and managed a few different stores in a spree and worked my way up to managing some big ones in the city and then I had a completely enough of retail and the hours and pay and went to phone sales of all things but looking back it probably did help me to get to where I am now so it was a good learning curve and it was nine to five so you can't go wrong with that and then again needed a change I think I was about 23 or something and um, I've always grown up playing sport and basketball in particular and I got a job with Basketball Victoria which was sort of the dream job at that age and I was there for seven years yeah in that time I had my boys which was as you know three kids and yeah (laughs) so when basically when I was at Basketball Victoria I had um, my first son, then went on maternity leave for a year, came back for a year, had Lewis. Went on maternity leave again, <laughs> came back, had Sebastian. And during that time, being on leave, that's where the idea for Frankie and Roy actually came
0: about. Before we you know, jump into how you created your own fashion label, let's talk about Frankie and Roy difference. What makes your kids' clothes unique? I've
1: had very long children. Patrick was born at four, what was he, 54 centimetres and Lewis was 56 centimetres long, so extremely long. And I still remember being out for dinner with my husband when Lewis was about three months old and I was complaining to him that we were having exactly the same issue with Lewis as we did with Patrick, that no pants fit their length and then around the waist. So shorts were okay and sort of a onesie was okay, but you had to go big, but I could not find anything that fit them around the waist. There might be a few brands that occasionally had the small waist and that's when I knew, or I sort of started to think that something had to be done, that I needed to either try and make clothes or suss out how to make a business. I did try my hand at sewing and we'll just say that um, we left it at a couple of harem pants and yeah, they won't, they won't ever get really shown. <laughs> So yeah, so that's, that's how it sort
0: of all came about, just out of the need of needing clothes to fit my boys. Okay, so do you want to explain then what your clothes? So you're saying, yeah, you had you had these challenges with your child. So what do your clothes have then? Okay. So the issue I had was the length to get the length I needed.
1: I couldn't find a waist that was smaller. Um, for some reason, everything seemed to be huge around the waist. So the idea behind Frankie and Roy is a smaller waist without compromising on length. Now, this doesn't matter if your child is a tall, tall for their age or short. It's The height to waist ratio, I guess you could say, is our major difference. And I'm finding there's a lot of people that need this as well.
0: And so with it's not just pants that you have because you have tops as well. And how are they different?
1: What I discovered is that also a lot of tops got bigger at the hips as well. So for some reason, they think that toddlers are wide at the hips and not all toddlers are. There's actually a lot that aren't. So when we created, started to do our design process, we made sure that our waist measurement is smaller. So that means even in a t-shirt, it doesn't get bigger from under the arms down to the waist because most kids are just straight down narrow, I guess you could say. Um, so we did jumpers and T's that are straight from, yeah, as I said, under under the arms down
0: to the waist. And then we do shorts as well with the same thing. It's amazing because this is actually like a huge, it's, a, it's quite a common problem that you know parents face when they're trying to dress their kids and I have to say I am the mum of a skinny mini and that is you know well, one of them that's how he's built he's just so slim and it's either you buy the pants and they fit the waist and it looks like he's wearing three quarters all the time Or, you know, you buy the length, but then you've got to roll over. So with yours, there's no rolling over and there's no fake waistline, is there? It's really funny because a lot of people have said to me, oh, just buy the adjustable
1: waist or the working drawstring." And my answer to that is it does work to a certain degree. But when you have to pull a pair of pants in six uh, buttonholes on each side, they look ridiculous. Yeah. Um, And that's until you've faced that, you don't understand it to the extent of a skinny child. how frustrating it is because they look shocking or they fall down when they lose their nappy yeah
0: yeah yeah. and I was going through clothes the other day you know from my first son chucking them out before I sort of came across your brand and it was funny because I could see all these pants that were like so you know bunched in on the sides and I was like well I can't even give them to my next child because he's not going to fit into those but it does it looks ridiculous and you know it's just oh well why wouldn't anyone think of making these and then here we are we've got you
1: yes well it's even um I've found like from doing my markets and that it's it's not even like my middle child is extremely skinny. He's like off the chart for skinniness. Um, Paddy is slim. He's still got weight behind him. But kids are actually still able to wear them because some reason the sizing's just out at the moment for a lot of brands. So I'm finding you
0: don't have to be the skinny mini. Yes. It's just if you've had that trouble. I've put them in my other child, like, cause they last so long. He's now, you know, got them and they're totally fine. Like, and the good thing is they stay up and that can be such a problem when you've got toddlers that are running around <laughs> and you're constantly pulling up their pants.
1: Exactly. I just say from my, um, from Lewis to Sebi, cause Sebby's a little bit more on the rounder side. <laughs> um, I just say that he fills them out more than what Lewis did.
0: Yes. And yeah. that's,
1: that's exactly what it is. They're a little bit tighter on him, but they still fit him.
0: Yes, absolutely. The fit is amazing. Okay, <laughs> so I love this. So you come up with this idea. You don't really have design or manufacturing experience. You try your hand at sewing. <laughs> I'd like to see those. You should show those one day. What were the next steps that you took? So walk us through the process from your idea to actually launching it.
1: So as I mentioned earlier, um, I was out to dinner with my husband. It was our first night away from two kids, so we went for dinner, and all we did like you talk about your kids and he was very supportive of the idea of starting clothing but he is a realist and when you need to actually figure out what it's going to cost is there a market for it how you're going to do it like all the nitty-gritty of um, creating a business I guess whereas I'm like let's just do it <laughs> so from that dinner went back researched and I looked on all To actually import stuff but then I was like well it's going to have the same problem that is everywhere like it's not actually changing or fixing my uh, problem that I've got so that's when I started to look at actually designing myself and manufacturing um, which is an extremely daunting thing when you have no idea where to start Um, I was lucky that I did find a course to do that helped me in the right direction of actually how to read patterns where to measure your garments so that when you go to a manufacturer this is the measurements that you can give them so they pointed me in the right direction and yeah that's how it sort of started I started my process through them of the first fits and stuff um quite funny I did measure some things on Lewis and the comment back was maybe don't use him as your your like um fit model because he's so skinny (laughs) yeah so that's how it sort of started I did a course and then um Started the process of designing and which took about a year.
0: So you do that and then you've got to find a manufacturer?
1: Yes. So the course I did, they actually do some manufacturing, but I decided not to go with them and did a bit bigger quantities just due to cost. I found a really good manufacturer just in Brunswick and they've been a wealth of knowledge for me since I've started. So I did my first run. I still remember picking it all up um, in the car, in the box and bring it home and going, oh, my gosh, now I've got to sell this. <laughs> but, yeah, I just tried to think the first range we did, I tried to think of the things that I needed within my boys' wardrobe. I'm very classic In what I wear and I sort of dress them that way as well but it also means that it can go either way with mix and matching with other brands
0: yeah no that's actually a really good point about your brand that it is um yeah very classic styles and that means that whatever clothes they already sort of have in their wardrobe these are really good basics or like the base to go to build up their look if that makes sense so I really like that about your about your label okay so then you're going through this process what were the biggest challenges that you faced because I can imagine you know you, you you sort of summed it down so like you know summed it up so quickly I can imagine it was a huge like long process and what changes did you make along the way based on what you'd learned?
1: Basically the process of designing is you find something that you like and then you so there was a pair of pants that I did love on Patty but I had to pull them in so much. I love the cut of them. So that's what our first, our Chino range is actually based around. It's around this pair of pants that I loved, but the fit and things just weren't the way I wanted it. So the process of doing it is that you do all your measurements, you make what's called a twirl up, which is like a simple version with simple fabric. So you can kind of get the fit. Then from that, then you go into your patterns and sizing. And that was another thing is I don't have typical sizing. So when you're looking at sizes, say one to seven, like we do, you have a normal size ratio that you use. Whereas ours isn't like that because it is a slimmer fit. So, that definitely was a new challenge because we had to come up with sort of our own way of sizing and length. Challenges were definitely, I didn't know the industry at all. So, I was having to find fabric, sourcing fabric, all the trims, so the elastic, the drawstring, labels, like labels, swing tags, literally everything. I spent hours Googling and asking people in forums and going, Where do you get this from? The course I did did help me with a few things, but what I actually found really, really interesting was the fabric agents that I spoke to and the people I got my trims from are so helpful. Like I would ask them, I'd go on, this is what I'm needing. And they would give me three names of people to contact. And I think it was also beneficial because I did do it in Melbourne. I was speaking to them one-on-one, I was driving to their place and actually speaking to them and they were able to give me their knowledge and help me and I, ch- I definitely changed things along the way because of them, because they've been in the industry 40 years. They know the tricks of the trade. And yeah, it's been, there's probably things, I actually, if I talk about challenges, I did a <laughs> denim range and I do, I, I love my denim jeans. Like they are beautiful denim. The, the man that made them is a denim smith and his attention to detail was amazing. And I thought they were going to be my best seller. And unfortunately, due to the cost and what I would have had to sell them for and what unfortunately, China can make them for, that was probably my biggest disappointment and challenge <laughs> at the same time of my range, but also in a learning curve way.
0: And so what about besides the, I guess, the design and manufacturing side of it, just business in general? So going from, you know, working an everyday nine to five job to then running your own business and you've got three children. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what were the challenges that you faced there? Because if you come back to like even the start, did you know how to put together a website? no. I still remember doing my launch and
1: I had all these people around and I thought I pressed the button and it didn't and I had to put a password in and then it was like 3 minutes later it finally actually launched and did it all. Actually that's probably a really good thing because I wish I'd done a bit more research into launching. I've learned a lot more since about how to launch and really how to gain that momentum which is something I don't think I did a good job of in launching. I was sort of more focused on the actual item, which I think a lot of businesses have that, um, that start out because you're sort of focusing on what, you, what your love is and what your, your dream is. Um, You sort of forget about all the other stuff that goes with it. And there's so much for a small business to think of. Like I'm constantly learning about marketing and social media and how to actually where I want my list to come from. And there's so much that you don't, I don't, I don't think um, I was fully aware when I launched this business that how much work I was needing to do behind the scenes.
0: And that's a common thing. Like, you know, you get really excited about the product that you're putting out and you think, wow, as soon as people know about this, they're all going to buy it. But, you know, you're not an expert in, in webs, you know, building website, you're not an expert in social media and marketing and things like that. So there's so much more. Once you get over that big hurdle of like, oh, yeah, we've got these manufactured, I finally got them in my hands. There's so much more work to do.
1: And I also think <laughs> looking back, so I was actually 16 weeks pregnant with my third when I launched. Yeah. And I look at that and go, probably wasn't the smartest thing to do to, to launch a business in the um heading into your second trimester and um, a a third child. But I think what I've taken away from it is that I look at that first year and I look at what I did, what I was able to achieve whilst what happened within my family in that time. And I've made sure I've grown from it. And yeah, I'm someone definitely that reflects on things that I've done and how to improve and how to move forward. And I think looking back, I, I wouldn't change it. Those probably things I would definitely change in doing it.
0: I remember your launch too. That was really exciting.
1: Yeah, it's just I think actually you probably helped me with a few things, but um, yeah, I think it could have been done a bit better with the pre-launch stuff. Yeah, I think that was the key that, thing that I definitely um, missed. But hey, we're two years on and we're still going.
0: Exactly, <laughs> you're still here. You're still here doing an amazing job. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to take a minute to tell you about my podcast partner, Bliss Early Learning, who are a premium provider in the childcare and preschool space. Bliss Early Learning are a family owned Australian company. You'll find them around Melbourne in four great locations, Cranbourne, Sandringham, Williams Landing and Wyndham Vale. When you take a tour with them, you'll notice that they provide innovative spaces to encourage little ones to grow and learn in a safe and fun environment. You'll be happy to hear that unlike many other providers at Bliss Early Learning, you won't need to fork out extra money for additional activities. They include them for free. Activities such as language classes, yoga, music, learn to read classes, school readiness programs and more. And one last feature that makes Bliss Early Learning stand out from the other providers is that they offer public holidays for free. In Melbourne, that's up to 10 free days per year. Incredible. To find out more and to book a tour at your nearest Bliss Early Learning Centre, visit bliss.edu.au or call 1300 717 777. So one of you, and you've been talking about this, one of your brand values is that you're 100% Australian made. What would you like mums to understand about Australian made versus fast fashion in terms of just quality, price, ethical work standards? What does it mean?
1: Now, I was actually thinking about this question today because I was thinking back to actually my childhood and my mum used to always buy me really nice things. Like, Um, I used to wear surf. I grew up on the peninsula, more into peninsula. So I wore like surf brands and stuff. And I still remember when I started earning money and she's like, you could go buy the cheap stuff. It's not going to last. It's not going to wash. Or you could buy stuff that we know that lasts. Yes, you don't get as many, but it'll still look good and you'll get more wear. And I think that's definitely resonated with me when buying things for myself as an adult, but also my kids, is when you actually buy quality and it doesn't always have to be the high-end stuff it's just quality you get longer out of them if the kids stain something like my one frustration and it's become more apparent as I've had more more kids is that the really really cheap cotton that some brands use if they spill anything on it you'll never get it out like it doesn't matter what it is, you cannot get it out. And it's one of those frustrations that I have in clothing, which is something when I started Frankie and Roy, I made sure that what I'm the cottons that I'm using and the fabrics, if the boys spill something on them, you'll get it out. Like unless it's extreme, which I have touch wood, I haven't had anything yet. We've had bolognese, we've had lots of things, it will come out because of the quality of the cotton that we've used. So when we're talking like fast fashion, it really annoys me when I see that There's businesses out there that are making really cheap items. To be honest, how do you buy a t-shirt for $2? Like the things that go into making a t-shirt, how is that like possible? Like Mm. there's cotton, there's the person making it, there's the person picking the cotton. Like there's so much stuff. And most of these cheaper items, you can only wear a few times before they start looking raggedy. And then they get thrown in the waste and go into landfill. So I'm really passionate about making sure that everything that we make at Frankie and Roy is quality, which means that if you buy something from us, you'll be able to pass it down to another sibling or to a cousin or to a friend and pass them something that can still be worn. So I've been able to actually do a few things lately is that my boys are now starting to wear the hand-me-downs and I can still take photos of them in them, which makes me so proud of what I'm producing. That's amazing. Yeah, that's probably the, the main thing. And I, I love being, my, all my clothes are made in in Melbourne. I actually know all my manufacturers um, personally, like my beautiful um, manufacturers in Brunswick, actually I ring them on the way and they roll the door up and I reverse the car in so I don't have to get my boys out. Like I literally park in their factory. They have run around the factory before, but it's not the best experience. But so they just know that when I turn up, this is what I'm doing if I've got the boys in the car. And I know the conditions that my items are being made and I also have that bit more control that if something does go wrong, they fix it for me. Like I ring them up and drive it back to Brunswick and they fix things for me that aren't quite right. And the quality, I actually pick up my fabric and take it there. So I'm always sort of hands on in the process of everything that's happening, which I love doing but I also feel like I've got control over it as well.
0: And that's something I guess people don't sometimes understand with businesses when it comes to price point. They think, well that's a t-shirt and that's a t-shirt. Why is there a huge, you know, difference in the price? But it's very different like, you know, your brand when people look at it, they might not realize that it's actually just you behind it and you're doing all of that work like you're driving to those places yourself, you're doing every you know, every facet of your business and you deserve to be paid for all of that work. So, you know, but there is, like you were saying before, this question around how can a top be made for $2? Like what the heck's going on there? Who's not getting paid down the line? You know what I mean? Yeah. And we can sit there and just ignore it. That's fine. If that's some people's ethical sort of stance, but you know, at the end of the day, it is about like, well, what choices are we making? What values do we have?
1: Definitely. The values I think is almost, instead of just looking and sort of shaming brands that are doing this, it's your value. Yes. And it's what you look at a product and you go, okay, this is what's happened. This is the process that's been made. I understand. And if you're okay with that, that's fine. Yeah. And actually, I think that's probably something that's, um, I've had to come to terms with because there are people that sort of look at my price point and do go, oh, no, you can't just go to Kmart. And I'm like, that's fine. That's not a yeah. problem. Um, I know what goes into it. I know that my stuff washes awesome. The fit's great and it does keep looking good. So
0: absolutely. And I think, yeah, I've seen people sort of say these things in, um, yeah, like, you know, Facebook groups and stuff. And I'm like, no, but you don't understand. Like there's so much behind it. The quality is amazing. Uh, and I like for those listening, I can attest to your stuff because my sons are still wearing it. And when you do have a child like that is that sort of slim fit, he doesn't seem to grow. Like his waist never grows. <laughs> it's no. Like, can still fit into you know like now we're having the problem with school uniforms because they don't make slim fitted Uniforms. So he's just going to look like I think what he's bought for prep will probably fit him until he's in grade six. That's just the body type that he has. So, you know, that'd be great, Jess, if you could just make school uniforms.
1: Well, wow. it's, it's funny you actually say that. We trialed it because I had the same problem with Patrick. So he started prep this year and he needed um, trackies and the t shirts were already big and I had to deal with that, which that's fine. But pants I could not find. So I actually decided just to trial school trackies. And they look super cool and they don't fall off him. They don't. And it actually makes him look sort of normal with the T-shirt being big. (laughs) It looks normal with skinny trackies underneath. So we're actually going to be bringing um, school trackies into a permanent. Yeah, we're permanently on our website purely for that reason. Because I'm like, if you have trouble with casual items, then you're going to have trouble with school. So we might as well be a one-stop shop for sort of that sort of stuff. Like, you know that you can get it. And the fabric's beautiful. Like, it hasn't peeled. It hasn't. Yeah, it's been awesome. What colours
0: are you doing, by the
1: way? <laughs> uh, what have, we did it in black, navy, maroon and royal blue.
0: Oh no, my son's green.
1: <laughs> I've actually, I've had a couple of requests for green. So just uh, shoot me. Keep my As eye said, on that. The beauty I've got is because I am made locally, I've got, I've got people that can make me small quantities to do things. So that is the other really awesome thing is that I can put a request in and do smaller runs for something like that because it's school and we can get a few together that need that color and we go okay let's do it so that is the awesome thing with getting it made locally is I can go come on
0: (laughs) (laughs) no that's fantastic and thank you for explaining all that around the sort of Australian made Melbourne made I love it And so when and why did you then decide to actually make Frankie and Roy your full-time business? So you were working somewhere previously and what made you, you know, leap into it and go, yep, we're giving this a real crack. I'm probably still halfway
1: in giving it a real crack, but I was pregnant with my third son and I was working two days a week. And to actually work those two days, I had to get two kids out of the house by seven o'clock to childcare. Um, they did turn up in their pyjamas many times. Still, I do remember dropping Lewis off still in his night nappy because I literally grabbed him from the cot and the beautiful childcare workers did not care. They're like, just you bring him the way you need and we'll dress him, and which was a lifesaver. Um, and they fed, fed him. So I had to get to work by eight, finished by four. By the time I actually picked them up and got home, it was five o'clock. That was only going to childcare. And I figured once I actually came back from another maternity leave, Patty would be at school. And that just adds a whole other um, element to a morning and afternoon routine and the stress level. So I actually decided to resign um, before I went on maternity leave. And that was a massive weight off my shoulders. But it also meant that I could focus on Frankie and Roy and actually doing markets and getting making this a business and not just a side hustle sort of thing. So at the moment, I'm currently... Lewis only goes to childcare once a week um, and Sebby's at home with me uh, on the Wednesday, but he's fine. He can come with me to meetings and different stuff, but being able to work my hours and not be needing to be somewhere every those selected days means so much to my family. I can be at school pickup. I can do the drop off. I can go to sport. I can do the things that my family needs around my business. Yeah. To me, that was massive. I had a working mum and I remember always like my grandma doing everything. And I was like, no, I actually want to be here and be present for them. And, but I also love working. So the idea of having my own business and being able to work around them was sort of a no brainer.
0: It gives you that flexibility, doesn't it?
1: Yep. Definitely.
0: Okay. So what are some of the, I guess you're talking about those positives of having a business. What are some of the challenges?
1: Definitely not being able to work in a block. So um, we're so programmed, I know I was, of turn out to work. You look at what your schedule is of what you need to do for that day. You do it. You have lunch, talk to your friends, and then you leave. Uh, working from home, trying to get a block of work done is really hard. Uh, there's normally something that needs to be done um, either around the house or with children, uh, lunches. Like you're the constant feeder of children um, and it's normally when you sit down to do something that they need you. And I've learned recently it's just because they want to be where you are. So trying to work around that. Um, I've now sort of started doing a to-do list and it's with children without because there's some things that I just can't do with them around. Like I, I know I can um, write the emails and that quickly if I don't have them with me. So yeah, I've started doing the sort of the two lists, which is working for the moment because I know that when I've got time to myself, I can just, I know exactly what I need to do. And then I'm also not on my computer throughout the day as much either. So yeah, that's probably been the, it's getting your head around not being able to just sit down and do work.
0: And it's sort of a, you know, it's a season of life as well. They're not always going to be at home with us, you know, so you're putting in the groundwork for your business and then you'll have the time later to really ramp things up more.
1: Definitely. Even with um, Paddy going to school this year, that was a game changer because it took three kids out of my house down to <laughs> two. Um, and two is actually quite easy. They just sort of play and that you add the third and chaos happens. So yeah, and I know that in a few years time, then Louis will be at school. And it's. I guess I I'm very aware that they're not going to be home forever. Yeah. And I don't want to miss that time either. So when I sort of want my business to be going super, super like gangbusters and crazy busy at the other time, I also don't want it to do that because they're still little. Yeah. And I don't want to miss that. Um, that's why I've chosen to do this. So yeah, sort of bring it back to reality and actually thinking, no, Yes, yeah, so that's where my goal is, but it's not yet.
0: No, that makes sense. And I love I love what you've created and the way you speak about it. Thank you. <laughs> it's all right. And now I want to move on to talking a bit more about motherhood because you are a mum of three boys. Yes. <laughs> What's been your personal experience of motherhood? What have been the challenges and the surprises?
1: It's really hard. I I love being mum. I'm pretty easygoing. Like I'm not an overthinker of what goes on. If something happens, I'm like, oh, well, Next time, like if I don't get sleep, I'll sort of, I don't sort of dwell on, I guess the negatives, and I'm I'm a very optimistic person, so I think that sort of helps. Um, Probably most recently, like is dealing with their personalities. So my youngest Sebby is now 20 months, and he's now got a real determined, stubborn personality, Um, and it's actually trying to parent three separate personalities. That's what I actually probably find the hardest and switching between. So for an example, like my two oldest just fight now. They're just constantly just at each other and it's how to react to it in two separate ways because they both respond very differently to parenting and the way I react to what's going on. And I think that's probably my challenge and that's what I found the hardest is the parenting different ways.
0: Yeah. And what have been some of the surprises
1: would just be the love I didn't realize how much you could just love these individuals like it's amazing like you protect them you love them to bits these even when they're annoying the hell out of you you still have so much love for them and you will do anything like you feel like you'll do anything to support and get them to grow which I didn't realize how you could feel that love
0: (laughs) oh Oh, and I love, I love that you're a boy mama. I really relate to that too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really special. Like I think, you know, people are always like, oh, you didn't have any girls. And it's like, I don't care. Like, I love my boys. Oh my gosh.
1: We didn't find out with all three. Um, so they're always surprises. And yeah, I look at them now and I'm like, there's three boys, like they're brothers. They're, yeah. I think that's such a special gift to give them as well. Like, and I look at it now and go, I couldn't imagine a girl like <laughs> I just, I don't think I could handle what, what I hear that happens with the girls. <laughs> the boys fight each other and then move on.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And I always say, I'm like, but I'm the queen of the castle. Like there's no, no other girls here. You know, I've got all my boys around me and I love that.
1: Exactly. I feel exactly the same.
0: Yeah. i was going to move on to one other thing but before that i forgot to ask you where did the name frankie and roy come from because people so, think it's your children oh my gosh. And it's not your children
1: so often um so frankie is actually our first baby um dog <laughs> so the first child in our house we bought our house and i think five days later i had her and she's like our she's my other girl in the house um <laughs> And Roy was a name that my husband actually liked when we were thinking of names and I just wasn't quite sold on it. And I thought it went well with Frankie because most of the things we do is unisex. So Frankie and Roy sort of goes both ways, but choosing a name was the hardest thing. Trying to work out how to name a business, that just was crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's harder than children.
1: Yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: <laughs> no, good. Interesting story. I thought I'd clear that up because I, I feel like that's a misconception that it's you know definitely. your kids. They're not. <laughs> and so now for you, I would love to talk about what does self-care look like?
1: For me, it's being able to go out for dinner and catch up with my girlfriends. I love um, trying to organise it is hard because you've got to juggle kids and um, work and everything. But um, being able to go out for a coffee or a catch up and just chat to them and even just chatting to them on messenger is for me awesome like it's I love my kids to bits but it's also so nice to be able to get away and feel be able to t- talk adult I guess and <laughs> not talk with kids and asking them if they're hungry and that <laughs> and um I also play basketball and gym so it's being you know it's sort of being away it's being me going back to the things that I love to do. Yeah, even though the kids do come to basketball and gym, but it's still, it's something going back to what I've always done and running.
0: Yeah, you find a yeah. way to sort of fit it all in and make it work around your family.
1: Definitely, definitely. You just, yeah. I used to run with Paddy in the pram because that was what I used to do and he used to eat an apple the whole time. That was what we did. And that back then was my self-care because it was, I got to do what I loved. I was with him. We're outside.
0: Oh, lovely. And I'd love to know, what's a random fun fact about you?
1: Now this is funny because I asked my husband last night because I was like I'm not fun I'm really boring and plain, (laughs) and he looked at me and goes he goes well yeah, (laughs) but I was thinking today a interesting fact about me so I've always been a runner I loved um I I love doing like the Melbourne runs and um, Mother's Day Classic is really something I do each year and since having Sebastian though I run with no music or podcasts nothing, and it's sort of become my Um, I think you've used it like the meditation, like it's your way of um, sort of zoning out. But I actually need nothing now. It's really strange. Um, So I'll be out for half an hour or whatever time with nothing. It's my own thoughts and quiet. And I'm loving it, which I think is really strange to change such a big thing. But obviously I just need some peace and quiet and I don't want to, I just need my own thoughts.
0: Yeah, yeah, I used to do that too and then I was doing podcasts and now I've gone back to music, which I hadn't done in such a long time and I'm like, I'm really liking this, not hearing people talk in my ear. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's just um, everything evolves
1: Mm. and it comes back and, yeah, you move forward to what you're wanting to do and what makes you happy.
0: No, that's a very interesting fact. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Not as fun, but... uh... You are fun. Just for everyone listening, Jess, is a lot of fun, (laughs) just so you all know. (laughs) Oh no, I love that. And before we wrap up, I would love for you to tell everyone what are the products that you offer and where can they go and buy some Frankie and Roy for their kids or their friends?
1: Okay. So Frankie and Roy is online at uh, um we're in a couple of um, little boutiques which I'm hoping to grow next year that's sort of on my list of things to do and we stock our in our pant range our best sellers by far have been our chinos and skinny trackies, uh, really classic versatile and easy wear and then we do t-shirts and sweats as well, all classic, all designed to mix and match with um, what you've got in your wardrobe and things that you buy so that things don't just sit in the wardrobe and never get worn and same with basically everything that we have made is designed to dress up or down so again they're not just going to sit in a wardrobe they'll get worn and actually get seen we're on Instagram we're on Facebook and then we do market quite regularly around the place so yeah you can always come and actually see our products and then hit us up online
0: yeah that's good and in your newsletter you always say what market you're going to be at next so if people want to feel that quality and know what we're talking about that's a really good place to go Well, we've come to the end of this episode and if you love hearing from inspiring and entertaining Melbourne mamas, subscribe to Mamas on a Mission. Bonus hugs to all of you who also take the time to leave a review. Thank you. If you're keen as beans for more information about the podcast, my guests or myself, jump over to motherhoodmelbourne.com.au. Okay, mama, that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in.